Hey friend, welcome to the Alive Living Podcast. My name is Sarah Raquel Gauthier, and I'm excited for our journey together. We are all spiritual beings on a spiritual journey, but sometimes we may feel like we're stuck and not fully living. The good news is, is that Jesus came so that you could have life and life abundantly. So let's stop sleepwalking and start living alive one conversation at a time. What is sin? That's the question that I want us to wrestle with on our journey today. And I think that one of the challenges today in our current cultural moment is um, a fear of talking about sin. We have gotten away from having just real conversations about what it is and and really how do I how do I walk forward knowing that um I I am a sinner and we don't even like to use the the language because it sounds um gross or it makes it feel uncomfortable it's like no I'm not a sinner it has such a negative connotation but what we know is true in scripture it says for all have sinned for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God I wanted to title this chapter in our journey together, How Do You Walk Forward With Your Dead Body? And then I thought, well, maybe that's uh, a little too scandalous or a little too morbid. Um, but really, that that is essentially what's what's happening. We have come alive in Christ. And even as we've come alive in Christ, we um, have to learn what it is to live alive in Christ and we're still, we still have this body that is at work in us. We talk about how we are all spiritual beings on a spiritual journey. And it's also important to remember that we inhabit physical bodies in a fallen realm. Sin. What is sin? And I think, um, where I want us to focus our attention is in Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8 verses 9 through 11. And specifically, we're going to really dig into this, the concept in in, in verse 10. But I want to read it to us so that we get a little bit of context. But Paul is writing to the Roman church. And, and if Romans is, is kind of like Paul's manifesto. It is... Um, deeply theological and he's writing to an audience that highly educated philosophers and um, people who prioritized education and so when we step into Romans we're stepping into a letter that is deeply rich in theology and so in Romans chapter 8 he begins Romans chapter 8 with saying, therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And I think that's an important frame for the conversation that we want to have today to remember that there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. When we receive the gift of salvation and we put our faith on and we believe on Jesus and we begin to walk together with Christ, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. But then as we kind of as we move a little bit forward in that chapter, Romans chapter 8, I want to focus on verses 9 through 11. And Paul writes, you, however, are not in the flesh, but in the spirit, if in fact the spirit of God dwells in you. 
Anyone who does not have the spirit of Christ does not belong to him. And this is the verse that I want to pay close attention to, verse 10. But if Christ is in you, although the body is dead because of sin, the spirit is life because of righteousness. If the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. I'm going to read verse 10 one more time just so we have it front of mind. Verse 10 says, But if Christ is in you, although the body is dead because of sin, the spirit is life because of righteousness. So what is sin? And how do you walk forward with this dead body that still dwells in you? The author of Hebrews says it this way, Throw off the sin and wait that so easily entangles us so that we can run with perseverance the race set out before us. What is sin and how do we walk forward with our dead bodies? At a definition level, uh, sin simply is missing the mark, falling short of an aim. And we've talked about this a little bit before. We talked about this in the chapter of what is wholeness and that we were created to be in wholeness. But sin, our missing the mark, us falling short, separates us from God. We who were made in the image of God, we who, when God created us, said, you are very good, We encounter sin in our lives and we fall short of the image that we bear. We fall short of who we are, of who we were designed to be. And so sin is this idea that we have missed the mark, that we have fallen short of our aim. Something that we need to be very mindful of is that We don't slip in to this kind of sin management where in an effort to throw off the sin and the weight that so easily entangles us that we just create rules that will keep us from falling again and from missing the mark again. So I think a lot of Christianity seeps into this this more religious way of viewing God when we make lists of do this, don't do this, do that, don't do this. And our only desire is to make sure that we can check off all the boxes, do this, go to church, tithe, serve, be nice to people, etc. We, we check off these boxes of things that we're supposed to do, and then we create lists of boxes of things that we're not supposed to do. And we think that by creating these arbitrary, oftentimes, lists, that we're going to end up being able to manage our sin and throw off the sin that so easily entangles us. I was having a conversation with a friend recently and we were talking about how interesting it is that we say that we don't like rules. We say that we we don't want to live with structure and order. We want our freedom. We want to be liberated from standards and rules. But really, we were talking about how interesting it is that we actually, we we kind of crave rules. We like religion. We like to seep into these patterns and these places where we create the structure of do this, don't do this, and the order because it gives us clarity and we crave clarity. So we reduce our 
relationship with Christ, we reduce our Christianity to a sin management system. Basically, to a, uh, we're working out our righteousness for ourselves. It's something that we can control. When really so much of our relationship with God is about going into the unknown. You know, it, it really is frozen. Into the unknown. Into the unknown. Into the unknown. Like that really is what it looks like to be in a relationship with Jesus. To walk on this spiritual journey with Jesus. The pilgrimage of faith is a journey that is into the unknown. And yes, absolutely. There are standards. We have a whole Bible that teaches us the the framework and and, and, and how we are to function and teaches us the way of the kingdom of God. And so there, there are standards and there, there is a framework and God gave us a word that has a way that we can follow. And so it's important to, to remember that, that there are standards, that there are spiritual truths and biblical truths that we need to, f- to have our lives secure on. But so much of our relationship with Christ is this idea that we are going into the unknown and we don't like that. You and I do not like that. We crave structure. We crave order. We crave control. And when we are out of control, we will do anything. We will grasp at anything to maintain our control. Something we have to be very mindful of is we think we can receive Jesus' salvation we think we can say, yes, Jesus, I accept you as my savior. I received the gift of salvation and still be in control of our own kingdoms. We think that we can have salvation and also continue to be the center of our own kingdoms. When the way of Jesus, the way of God's kingdom is so different, it's not my will, but your will be done. Not my kingdom, but your kingdom Come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So when we enter into this uh, religious way of being, and we all do it, we, we, we might have these sayings about, well, I'm, 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 I'm spiritual, but I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm spiritual, I'm not religious, or I believe in, in, you know, I have a relationship with Jesus, I don't like religion, but we all have to have this heart check moment where we ask ourselves, like, am I slipping into a religious way of thinking? Do this, don't do this. Am I trying to create structures where I can control everything? It's important that we ask ourselves these questions because when we steep, sleep, steep into these, slip into, not steep into, when we slip into these patterns of trying to control our own kingdoms while also trying to be in a relationship with God, it does two things. It creates this, this uh, way of looking at God that makes God distant, that makes God impersonal, that makes God far off, that makes God seem like someone who's just trying to control us. And it causes us to just deal with the symptoms of our sin and not the sin itself. We deal with the outward manifestation, but not the root causes, the root wounds, the root brokenness. And so we have to be very mindful because neither of these things, these two things are, are sustainable. 
creating a, a religious distant way of looking at God and dealing only with the symptom of our sins and not the sin itself. Neither of these things are sustainable. And I think that's why so many people, they don't progress. They don't mature in their faith, in their Christianity, in their spiritual formation, because they stay stuck in trying to work out their sin uh, through, through this, like, I'm going to deal with the symptom, but not the cause. I'm going to create to do, I'm going to create to do and to don't list for God that I assume that God is imposing on me when really I'm just imposing these things on myself because they allow me to feel like I'm in some sort of control of my relationship with God. These are some of the reasons why we don't grow in our faith. We don't grow in our relationship with God. And I think that it's hard because we created so much of a culture in our Christianity, um, especially I think in, in the United States and our kind of westernized Christianity of, of looking at um, our, our, our faith walk and our relationship with God that um, we, we kind of swing in, in two different directions. We either swing in the direction of holiness, meaning that if I'm not perfect, if I'm not completely set apart, if I'm not completely pure, then I cannot be in a relationship with God. So we swing in that direction. Like I got to get all my stuff together. I have to be free of sin. I have to be free uh, of, of anything that would offend God before I can be in a relationship with God. So we swing in that direction or we swing in the other direction where we say, oh, grace is going to take care of it. There's grace for my sin. So I don't really have to change. I can come as I am and Jesus loves me as I am, but I don't need to do the work of allowing Jesus to form me into his image. I don't need to allow the Holy Spirit to transform the stuff in my life. I think so much of the brokenness in our churches today is really we swing in, in one of those two directions and we've got to find some equilibrium. And, and what we know from from Paul earlier on in Romans 7 verses 15 through 25 he writes about what it what it actually is to be in the tension of yes I've been saved I've received salvation Jesus is my savior Jesus is my lord and at the same time we do the things that we don't want to do sin is still in us and so I actually want to read those verses some of my favorite verses in all of scripture uh, because they really resonate with me so Romans chapter 7 Starting in verse 15, uh, Paul writes, For I do not understand my own actions. For I do not do what I want, but I do the very thing I hate. Now, if I do what I do not want, I agree with the law that it is good. So now it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells within me. For I know that nothing good dwells in me that is in my flesh. For I have the desire to do what is right, but the, not the ability to carry it out. For I do not do the good I want, but the evil I do not want is what I keep doing. Now, if I do what I do not want, it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells within me. Oh, I'm going to stop there for now. This is one of my favorite verses, the set of verses in all of scripture, because it's like, I do... I do the thing that I don't want to do, even though it's the very thing that I hate, even though I desire to do right. I desire to do the good. 
but I don't have the ability to carry it out. It's this, it's this contradiction. It's this tension where Paul finds himself and very vulnerably is sharing with him, like, I desire to do good. I desire to walk in the spirit of God. I desire that. And at the same time, there's this other work in me. There's this other body and flesh in me that it, it, it causes me to tend towards my sinful nature. And so I think that we can all resonate with that. I think we can all resonate with the fact that like we, we desire to do good and yet there's, there's, there's something at work in us and it is our dead body is the deadness inside of us. It's the asleepness that still lives inside of us. And so I want to talk a little bit about, um, just like, okay, so how do we, how do we throw off the sin that so easily entangles us? And how do we run with perseverance, the race set before us? How do we walk forward with our dead bodies? And I, I think that it's possible. Like, I really believe, um, that God is at work in the, the dead things inside of us. God wants to transform us into the image of Christ. God wants us to live alive, but we have to, we got to get real about it. We can't swing in the one direction of saying, you got to get it all together. You got to have your to-do list of all the things that you are supposed to do and don't do all the things that you're not supposed to do before you can be with Christ and step into the presence of God. We got to not swing to that direction. We got to not swing to the direction that says, you know, come as you are and never change. We've got to find some equilibrium. And I think that, that there's a, there's a way forward for us together. And so one of the things we got to acknowledge is that before we had faith in Christ, before we begin our faith journey with Christ, um, we're all on a spiritual journey, whether we've, we've begun to begin, believe in Christ or not, we're all in on a spiritual journey. And before we entered into a, a faith in Christ part of our journey, we, we are the center of our own universes. We are the Lord of our own kingdoms, of our own queendoms. And, and our kingdom are, is basically the range of our effective will. It's what we can control. And so before we enter into relationship with Jesus, we're the center of our kingdoms. We're the center of our queendoms. We do what we desire. We, we create systems for our own interests, our own plans, our own wants. We have control over our own existence. And in order to support our desires, our plans, our wants, our futures. We build these systems and structures and we're formed by certain systems and structures that support us in staying the center, in being the Lord of our own kingdoms, of our own queendoms. We want to reign. And so we create all of these systems and all of these structures. And you know this because you and I have certain, there's whole structures of habits that we have. There's attitudes that we have, perspectives that we have. There's dynamics in relationship. There's ways of reacting and responding. And we create so many systems and so many patterns that help us to maintain our place in the center of our universes. And oftentimes what happens is that we create unhealthy patterns that cause us to wander far from who we were created to be. 
We create unhealthy patterns that keep us in control, not only of ourselves, but keep us in control of our surroundings, of our future, of uh, the people around us. And that can create a very oppressive way of interacting, not only with ourselves, but the world. And so we end up basically um, in bondage for ourselves. We end up basically um, being oppressive of other people as well. And so these unhealthy patterns cause us to wander so far from who we were created to be. But then we're struck by the good news that Jesus came to offer us life and life abundantly. We're struck by this good news that we don't have to do anything to earn and to step into God's family, but that we can come as we are and Christ will receive us and we step in we receive the forgiveness of, of Christ. And when we encounter Christ and we put our faith on Christ, then all of a sudden there's a new Lord in our lives or there ought to be a new Lord in our lives. Jesus wants to be the Lord of our lives. Jesus wants to be the center of our lives and we reorient our lives around who Jesus is and we begin to become more like Christ. And as we become more like Christ, we're becoming more like ourselves. We are on a journey where we are becoming more like ourselves and as we do that, we're walking towards our home. And so Jesus becomes Lord, he becomes the center of our universe, and we begin to kind of reorient ourselves. We're, 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 then we're saying, God, your kingdom come, your will be done. And as we do that, it, it, it is very transformative. But we still have systems and structures in us that support our sinful, fallen nature. Our dead bodies are still present inside of us, even as we walk forward with Jesus. And we have to remember that. I think it's, 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 it's mind-boggling to me at times when people will um, just think that, okay, I've accepted Jesus into my life and everything's going to be awesome and I am never going to suffer and I'm, I, everything is, you know, I'm, I'm going to have it all together and I'm going to be completely healed and, and it's going to be great. And yet we see even Paul again, you know, he says that he had these thorns in him and he begged the Lord, Lord, would you take away these thorns? And God wouldn't take away the thorns from him because my grace is sufficient for your weakness. My grace is sufficient for your weakness because my power is made perfect there. And so I think we have to remember that we still have systems and structures that support our sinful nature. They, they support, we still have habits and attitudes and outlooks and mindsets and dynamics and relationships that, that still exist. And so we have to uproot these systems and structures. We have to unlearn our unhealthy patterns and unhealthy rhythms so that we can live alive so that we can make the dead body of sin that's still inside of us inoperative, so that we can cancel it, so that we can step by step begin to uproot the things in us that don't look like the image of Christ. And so this is the hard work of spiritual formation. It's the hard work of rebuilding systems to support who we are, who God designed us to be so that who we are can flow freely out of us so that we can, we can walk in kindness, we can walk in love, we can walk in compassion, we can walk in the goodness that God created us out of. But we've got to go through the hard work of spiritual formation. 
And so for me, this is a, this is where spiritual disciplines come into play. And, um, spiritual practices are, are such important things because we, we already have practices. We already have habits. We already have certain ways of being and certain um, rhythms and certain practices that support us in our lives. Many of them are, are probably not so bad, but there are some of them that do tend us to wander far from who we were created to be. And so I want to talk just a little bit about spiritual practices because um, I think there's such important things that we've got to begin to take on that will support us in living alive, that will support us in unlearning our unhealthy rhythms and helping us to learn how to create rhythms that are going to be life-giving rhythms, rhythms that are going to allow us to step into becoming more like Christ for the sake of others. And so these practices are practices that we can engage in that can help form and shape us to look more like Jesus. I think something that's important to remember is that um, spiritual practices or spiritual disciplines are not the end. They are the means to the end. They are the way that we create space in our lives for the Spirit of God to do the transformative work that only God can do. And so when we begin to engage in certain spiritual practices to help form us to look more like Christ, we're, we're really dedicating these practices to God. We're, we're yielding these practices to God. We're giving God space to work with us. And there are certain uh, kind of classical or traditional spiritual practices, prayer, fasting, singing in worship, um, meditation, silence, stillness, giving, um, being in community with other people. These are all kind of some of the classical spiritual disciplines. And then I believe there's this, this other form of disciplines that are very specific to people. There's very specific ways that we embody the the spiritual disciplines. And so I want to give us just five steps, five steps to begin to think about um, the spiritual practices, spiritual disciplines that you are going to begin to put into practice in your own life so that you can walk forward with your dead body, so that you can begin to uproot the systems and the structures and the unhealthy patterns that tend towards our sinful nature, our fallen flesh. And so I want to give you five steps um, to begin to engage in. And the first is simply to identify one unhealthy behavior pattern in your life. Identify one unhealthy behavior pattern in your life. It could be a harmful habit, could be a disruptive attitude. It could be a destructive tendency. It could be um, a a relational, a disruptive, a destructive kind of relational pattern that you're in. But identify one unhealthy pattern in your life. I think if we're, if we're honest, we can all identify one thing in our life that doesn't look like Christ. So I want you to identify one outward behavior pattern in your life that does not look like Christ. And once you've identified that one unhealthy behavior, I want you to the step two to, to reflect on how does that unhealthy behavior pattern 
affect you and others. So how does that unhealthy behavior pattern affect you and others? As I shared before, I think something that's really important is when we create these systems and these structures to maintain our control as the center of our own universes, we become very oppressive to ourselves and oppressive to other people. And so how does that unhealthy behavior pattern affect you and affect other people? And then step three, I want you to imagine what wholeness in Christ would look like in this area. What would wholeness in Christ look like in this area? Just imagine, what would it look like for me to find wholeness in this area, in this harmful habit, in this disruptive attitude, in this destructive tendency, in this destructive relationship? What would wholeness in Christ look like in this area? And then step four, I want you to identify now a a spiritual practice that you can offer to God so that God can transform you into the image of Christ. What is a practice that you can begin to engage in? And it could be something simple as like, if, if there's a disruptive attitude, I'll give you an example. My, I really have struggled a lot with um, just having a really critical attitude, really critical spirit at times. And it actually comes from a, a sinful nature in me of tending to be pretty self-righteous and really judgmental of, of people. And so as I, as I think about that disruptive attitude, just a critical nature and a critical, a critical language towards people and that being rooted in kind of self-righteousness and and judgmentalness. um, When I think about a spiritual practice for me, that's been really helpful in, in in that I can offer to God that has transformed me more. I think into the image of Christ is really um, interrupting myself when I begin to become critical. And it's an attitude check. I sometimes got to check my attitude. I'm <laughs> like, SG, like, why are you being critical of this situation? Why are you being critical of this person? And I literally have to, I've had to cultivate this pattern, this practice of interrupting myself. And sometimes it's like just stopping myself from having a conversation with someone. Um, sometimes I have to go back and, and apologize to someone because I'm like, man, like I was really critical of that person or this situation and I, and it's not what I, what I aspired to do. But the practice that I've had to cultivate is a practice of really being mindful and interrupting because it's my desire to speak language that builds people up and doesn't tear them down. And I know that when I get into this loop of being really critical, you got to be mindful and sometimes I've got to interrupt myself. And so for you, what's a practice that you can offer to God that you can say, here, God, like I'm yielding this practice to you and I want you to begin to transform me into the image of Christ. And so for me, it's a a practice of interruption and being more self-aware so that I'm less self-righteous. And the fifth thing that I want to encourage you to do is to, to share your journey with someone. I think it's, you know, we, we talked a little bit about um, just vulnerability in the vignette that I shared around Selena Gomez and, and her song, Vulnerability, Vulnerable. And I think it's so important that we have, uh, you know, two to three people in our lives that we can be honest with and that we can confess. That's another spiritual discipline, actually, confession, confessing, confessing one to another, um, and being able to say, like, this is where I'm struggling. This is the disruptive attitude, for example. 
this is how I know this is impacting myself or other people. This is what I think wholeness in Christ looks like in this area. This is the practice that I'm trying to begin to incorporate into my daily walk so that God can transform me more and more into the image of Christ. So share your journey with someone, share what you're going through with someone. And I, and I can guarantee you that if you'll do that and you'll begin to see how you can walk forward with your dead body. And um, I think it's it's so important to acknowledge that sin is something that's real. We all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We all miss the mark. And so we have to be mindful of how we're missing the mark. We have to be mindful of what are the things that are keeping us from maturing in our relationship with with Christ, of growing in our spiritual formation and not getting stuck in viewing God through religious manners, check off list, do this, don't do that, but viewing God as the one who wants to transform the dead sinfulness inside of us, who wants to uproot and, and, and take away those structures and that together we can partner with Christ in walking in wholeness for purpose and truly living alive. And so I want to pray for us as we continue to walk together. And I just want to encourage you, um, yes, we may have all fallen short of the glory of God, but the good news is, is that when we live by the spirit, though death, yes, and, and the life of death and the flesh is in us. If we're in Christ, the spirit of life is also in us. And the same spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead, it lives in you and it will give life to the fleshly sinful body that also dwells within you. Let's pray. God, I thank you so much for sending Jesus, your one and only son. And we know that if we would believe on him, we would not perish, but we would have everlasting life. And that's not a life that we have to live far off, but that we can begin our eternal life now, today. That's a beautiful thing that you welcome us into. And we acknowledge that Even now, as we are believing on you, Lord, we still have areas in our life that don't look like Jesus. But I believe, God, that is the life of the Spirit inside of us that can transform us. The same power that resurrected Jesus from the grave, it lives in me and it lives in every person who listens. And so I ask, God, that you would help us. Help us to acknowledge our sinfulness, to know that we all fall short to know that we all miss the mark, but to know that we can still step into your presence, we can still praise you, we can still worship you, we can still adore you, we can still walk with you, God, we can still experience your glory, and at the same time, we can still um, just be transformed by you, and we want to do our part, we want to do our part, and so I pray that we would, you would bring to mind what are the practices that we can begin to engage in Not because we're trying to work out our righteousness for ourselves, but because we're trying to give you space to move, give you space to transform us. So we yield to you the practices, we yield to you our lives, and we pray that you would do the work that only you can do, God. So we love you, Lord. We pray these things in your name. Amen. Hey, friend. Thanks for walking with me on the journey today. Before you go... 
I want to invite you to do three easy things so that we can continue to walk together. First, subscribe to the podcast. Second, share the podcast with a friend. And third, head on over to my website, sarahrgautier.com, where you can download your free field guide with a practical exercise that will support you towards a live living. Let's continue building one another up to live alive, one conversation at a time.